We got some plans this weekend, next weekend, Friday evening at 7 o'clock. We'll be gathering together in the sanctuary with absolutely the greatest worship you're going to experience in your life. And I'm not saying that because I'm just wanting people to get here. I'm saying it because the Holy Spirit has shown me this. I believe that there's going to be such healing and restoration, watch this, in families. In families. That you are going to be surprised even though you have great faith. That's Friday evening. On Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, you saw the kids here? Well, there's going to be a bunch more kids involved. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have worship that is powerful. And I have a message uh, that God gave me. I had already had a plan. I already had my Easter message. You know how sometimes pastors are. You know, God, I got my message. We're good. All right. But he said, no, nah, that's not what I want you to talk about. And uh, so I had to, a little bit ago, to let PowerPoint, everybody that I communicate to with my messages, and say, things have changed. Things have changed. And so we're going to do a two-week message beginning next week, and it's called, Your Mess, God's Miracle. We're going to see just absolute miraculous things in our lives, great breakthrough. And I, I'm, you know, I, I hesitate once in a while I do that just because I'm an encourager and I say things like that. And sometimes I hesitate to say things because, you know, I don't want to sound like a beating the same drum. But I just want to tell you, breakthrough is happening and there is absolute prophetic words that are just pouring into me and through others and what God's saying to me. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit just actually uh, gave me uh, a memory, um, not me, but a memory of someone who 75 years ago, uh, 75 years ago gave a prophetic word of exactly what's happening today in America. And we're going to experience that beginning next week. And we're going to see some powerful things. So bring your family, bring your, fa- your friends. They will enjoy the music and they will enjoy the message because it will be transforming for them. So today is a day of victory. But as I said, that when you have great victory, there's all, always tribulation that will follow. But how do you walk in a lifestyle and a culture that allows you and avails you to look tribulation and hard times straight in the face and say, you will not distract me. You will not hinder what God has called me to do and to walk right through hard times. How many of you have been through hard times? Many of you, raising your hands. For all of those that are uh, watching online, please, please listen to this and then gather your friends to listen 
to this message because we're continuing on real heroes, who our real heroes are. But I want you to understand, it's not really the absolute great things that they have accomplished, the heroes in our lives, but it's really all about the journey. Church family, I want you to understand, uh, a lot of times we look for this absolute miracle and then life just goes on after. I want to tell you that a miraculous life and becoming that hero for others, it's really about your life journey. It's about what happens on a daily, weekly, monthly, year, decade, whatever it may be in your life. It's about the daily choices. It's about the heart that you have. It's about the, the manifestation of your belief system that just explodes in your life and you begin to understand how to walk through these things because God's plan, and it will happen, God's plans will always prevail, but it's about your journey. In this series, we have been discussing people like Noah, John the Baptist, Nehemiah, and we called them heroes, and we gave you the applications of why we call them our biblical heroes. But did you know that there are women heroes in the Bible? Women that did absolutely fabulous things. And when we read in the Bible, as we did regarding Noah, John the Baptist, and Nehemiah, we saw their journey, we saw their life, we saw a depiction of the things they faced. They, they weren't always perfect, but it's about the journey. So today, I've decided to give up my man card and talk about this amazing woman in the Bible. This past week, my man cave, where I go and pray and study, became a woman cave because I began to understand this beautiful woman named Ruth. Ruth was a woman who had great challenges and heartache. And we're going to discuss that. But today, ladies, she was a heroine. I'm talking about the heroine with the E on the end, too, not our past life. Ruth understood in her life the choices that need to be made when she faced these challenges and had actually had to move to another land, she had this lifestyle, this journey in her life that proved herself to be a shero, a woman of God that walked in her journey and made right choices. And we look back now at her life and say what a hero she is, a biblical hero. Remember, a hero is an ordinary person that does extraordinary things. Let me give you a, kind of an expanded definition of hero today, because I want us to really begin to delve into it and, 
And it's been so um, washed in, in our society, in our culture today of what a hero really is. A hero is a man or a woman admired for his or her achievements and qualities in, her, in their lives. This heroine named Ruth, we're going to talk about, was a very, very normal woman. But in her journey, continued to do extraordinary things. So we're going to learn from her today so that when we face the next week, like they did in, in waving the palm branches, victory was at hand. And then the following look, the week, it looked like everything fell apart. There have been times in my life, and I know in yours, that you've had great highs and great lows. And in the highs, you wonder why the lows took place, why things changed so quickly when things were going so good. So we're going to learn from this Shiro named Ruth. And first of all, we need to understand, because you know my endearing to a grandmother Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David. So let's, let me give you the end of her story because I believe the journey is what we will learn from in reaching this culture, this heroic culture that God has planned for all of us to be able to help others in our lives and to walk in the truth that sets us free. Ruth has married a man named Boaz and... Ruth had a child. And in Ruth chapter 4, verse 17, it says, A woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. So she began her family, and in her family, she was the great-grandmother of David. They continued uh, a very significant family, uh, actually a family tree, she is related to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, she is in the lineage of Jesus. She is the great to the 29th power grandmother of Jesus. In the lineage of Jesus, there in Matthew, there are 41 men listed, and it only notes five women. And again, one of them was Ruth. So you and I cannot get on that list. But there are such heroic qualities in Ruth that we can learn and walk in these qualities. Notice movies today, every hero has an enemy or a villain. In our lives, again, let me remind you that people are not villains. The tendency of the church today is to look at the political field and the different areas of life and call people villains. In other words, because the way they are. And I want to tell you that our villains are not people, but it is spiritual. Ruth didn't have a villain, 
but many circumstances challenged her life and the decisions that she believed in and walked in and desired for her own family. Doing heroic things is really more about, again, the journey than you think. The journey leads you to your destiny. If you begin to look at all the stories in the Bible, the journey, it's not like God tells you everything at once. The journey, if you will stay with a focus in the culture like Ruth had in her own choices in life, you will reach this amazing destiny that God planned for you. But because we don't understand this in many cases and deception comes in, many believers who are wonderful, godly people don't attain the fullness of their destiny. Hebrews 11 talks about many heroes, but also talks about many died early. And and when they said died early, oh, well, is there a problem there? No, they died early. In other words, they died before their destiny was fully accomplished. And I don't know about you, but I want to fully accomplish what God planned for me, don't you? Amen, amen. And that is what Jesus riding on that colt was saying to the people. You're going to face challenges right after this, and you're going to have to make really amazing decisions through the challenges, but I want to tell you, As of today, you can walk in victory. And I'm going to tell you, today, you can walk in total victory of your journey. This is where we're going with Ruth. So Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. To a lot of people, that's the real white pages that many did not read. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Notice there was a famine. So there was tribulation, there was trouble. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Again, notice a famine in the land caused them to move. There have been situations in our lives that have caused us to move, caused us to change things. Verse 2, the name of the man was that guy, The name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and and Chilon, and that, that name of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. So notice they went from their land because of famine to a new land. Verse 3, then Elimelech. Naomi's husband died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both, watch this, tragedy happens. Many of us have faced tragedies in our lives. Then both Malon and Chilion also died, So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Now the first five verses of a four-chapter book talks about a family journey. 
They left the promised land to Moab, which is not a good place to go. While there, the two sons and husband dies. So the wife is a widow in a foreign land with the pain of not only losing her husband, but lost both of her sons. She has daughter-in-laws from the land of Moab. But I want to tell you, in the midst of the tragedy and the sorrow and the pain of the journey, there was a miracle waiting to happen. And I want to tell every one of you that this breakthrough decade we are talking about, there is a miracle manifesting itself today, victory, and there's a miracle waiting to happen along with your journey. This challenge produced an opportunity to see God do a miracle in her life. Now, some of you today are in that place now. You need a miracle. Maybe you're in a place on the job that you have or whatever's going on. You feel like you're in Moab. You're in a place that is foreign. It doesn't feel good. You don't feel like it's the right destination. The tendency of most people is to run and to find this this safe place. But we don't see this in this story regarding Ruth. So don't let your situation you're in right now blind you to God's sovereign work in your lives. Don't allow the deception of the enemy the hindrances of life that go on. Don't allow this deception to distract you from the things that you know God has purposed you to accomplish. So don't get discouraged. We need to adjust the culture of our heart. And to begin to adjust it so that we stay on the course that God has given us. Many people will say, don't give up. I'm saying, give out. In the midst of your tragedy, give. In the midst of deception, give. When you don't know the next step, give. But stay the course where God has you. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto you your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Run to the Lord. He can make your path straight. Now Naomi hears the famine has lifted in her homeland, the promised land. God has come to the aid of God's people. She tells her daughter-in-laws, I'm going back. And because this is your country, you can stay here. You don't have to stay with me. She pleads with them twice. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, we're talking about this journey. says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and left. But Ruth clung to her. 
Now I want to tell you the kind of love and the passion that Ruth had for the plan of God that was in her life in spite of having to leave her own country like Naomi did to a foreign land. The word clung or clung tightly in Genesis 2.2 is the same word of a husband and wife coming together. It is a strong word. It's not a sexual word. It is a strong word of devotion to someone. For a husband and wife to make love, a husband and wife are devoted to one another. It's not just the sex thing, even though that's pleasure. It is an absolute understanding that I am absolutely clung to you. I love you. That's that passion in that word. It was an emotional response by Ruth to literally tell Naomi, I'm here. I'm going to do what I know God has called me to do in spite of all the tragedy and the hurt and the despair that we have been facing. But Naomi, again, as it says twice, says again, you don't have to. And at that point, Ruth probably gives the best statement on loyalty you will ever hear. I read this scripture once a week so that it reminds me of the culture I am to have in my heart. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. But Ruth replied to Naomi, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, you almost can repeat it, can't you? I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. In other words, I understand God's calling me, and I will accept where he's placed me. Some of you still have not accepted where God's placed you, in that job, in that home. Verse 17, wherever you die, this is for life. This is my journey. I will be faithful. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. That's the way I want my life to be. So when people see my journey, they don't even question my passion for the things I do and the things I say. So the question is, what was some of Ruth's qualities? What can we learn from Ruth? So um, everyone throw out your clock, throw out your watches, throw out your iPhone. Well, don't throw them out, just... Set them aside. Don't look at it, okay? Because I want to give you something that's going to just absolutely transform your culture so that the next tribulation, hard time, even joyous time you face in life, it will not change you. You will stay faithful. 
to the call of God in your life. Here's the first point. She had an attitude of determination. Orpah left after two encouragements to stay in the land. I don't want to say that she gave up, but I want to say I think she missed the blessings of the Lord on her life because she chose the easy way out. Ruth said, I'm determined to stay with you. So Ruth left her family. She left her roots. She left her, watch this, religion because she was a Moabite. Moabites had numerous gods. May I say this to you, but in that lifestyle where she got her determination was not from the other gods, was because she turned her life over to the Lord. Her life proved that she believed in God. Your God will be my God. Determinations come when you have a revelation of what God is saying to you. And you know who the true God is. See, when you know God's ways and not just his works, you will be determined to stay the course. You will be determined never to give up. She would follow Naomi. In the journey, following Naomi was really following God. So for us to have the same determination in following God's destiny, we need three things. Let me talk to you about these three things on this one attitude of determination. The three things are she had God's word, she had God's will, and she fought God's war. She had God's word, she had God's will, and she fought. God's war. So let me discuss very quickly these three things. Let's talk about the Word. The Word of God must be the forefront of our decision-making process. When you are facing your journey, your tribulation, your hard time, your good time, you must always keep the Word as the focus of the why and the how you do things. 1 Corinthians 2.2, Paul says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the word. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Psalm 119, 105, David said this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. See, by seeking his kingdom, the word, we prioritize him as the true source of our peace and our provision. When all Hades breaks loose, our peace is based upon who God is in our life. In the midst of the chaos, like we're facing in our world today, you find your answer in all things in the word of God. And the Holy Spirit will reveal this to you when your journey is full of the culture of a determination of the word. Here's the second, his will. How determined are you 
to accomplish God's task in your life? Is it this much or this much? Romans 12.2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're talking about a woman, Ruth, who is absolutely showing us the perfect plan for every believer to walk through their journey and accomplish fully everything God planned for them. In this world, it's harder to conform to his will. But we, you know, because we are bombarded with media, our phones, the workplace, politics, and more. Daily, we need to renew our minds to the word of God. But in order to withstand the pressures of life, we need a a renewed mind in that reality of, of continuing, of reminding ourselves of Palm Sunday, there's victory in Jesus. If our minds are consumed by the things of this world and the situations we are facing, then we're likely to be consumed by the world or the situation. Our minds have to be consumed by the Word of God. We have to have the mind of Christ to walk through the journey because on Palm Sunday the next week, they saw the death of Jesus. So let me personally, as your pastor, all online, all that are watching and listening, if you feel like life is crashing down on you, Renew your mind to God's plan. Don't give up. Here's the third. How determined are we to fight his war? What do we mean by war? What is God's war? Here it is, Ephesians 6, verse 12 through 13. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers, of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, the day of attack, and having done all, having done all you know, then stand. Don't move. And that's what Ruth was saying to Naomi. I ain't moving. No matter what you feel, no matter what you want to do, because you're such a a great mother-in-law, I'm not moving, because I know God's heart towards you. So this speaks of the spiritual battle. To stand in tribulation or the day of trial, we must fight God's kind of war. So to fight a spiritual battle, you must use spiritual weapons. I'm giving you a lot of information because I'm a teacher. And we must listen to this and grab people, send people the message. 
Because if they will get this, all this chaos of the world that's trying to distract us and to bring us into a, a, a chaos and a mess, our mess, and if we understand the truth, that truth will bring us into a place of knowing how to fight the battle. It's not the people. Truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, prayer, intercession, the Bible tells us about. So how determined are you for God's will to be in your journey? How determined are you to be in God's will? Don't get discouraged if you don't see the answer right away. So Ruth is determined to be with Naomi. They get back and watch this. They listen to the voice of God. They move back and they find themselves in need of provision. So the first quality in Ruth was an attitude of determination. Let me tell you the second quality is that she had a heart of devotion. Whatever it took to walk in the journey God planned for her, she would do it and do it double time. She would go above and beyond. Let's read this, Ruth 2, verse 2. So Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, please let me go to the field because they still didn't have a job. They didn't have a paycheck. And glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. In other words, part of the law was when you harvested your field, um, there would be people that would protect the field, but they would allow people to go and pick what fell down when they were harvesting so they could feed their family. So she knew the law. Naomi was teaching her all this as a mother-in-law should, the word of God. And so she said, watch this. Let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. So in other words, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be gracious and I'm going to believe God for favor. And I'm going to go out there and whoever finds favor with me, I'm going to glean what fell to the ground and bring it home so we can eat. See, walking in the miraculous isn't just going like this. Hmm. waiting for God to do something. Walking in the miraculous is having such a heart of devotion. If it looks like God hasn't provided anything, you're going to move forward in the purposes of what you were called to do. She was there to make sure Naomi was okay, and she was devoted to spend all day, if need be, all evening, to pick what fell on the ground. You know, that was the old-fashioned, when you drop some, some food, you know the old five-second rule? She worked all day. Devotion, earnest attachment to a person or a cause. What is your call? What is your cause? Why do you live today? You ask a lot of people, they don't know why they're living today. And everyone's telling them who they should be. And I'm telling you what God said who you should be is the truth. 
and have a heart of devotion to the purposes of who you're called to be. So the person was Naomi, and the cause was serving. Let me say that again. The person was Naomi, she was called to, and the cause was serving. Ruth recognized the need, so she steps in. Now, let me just tell you this. The act of serving, all you single people, the act of serving led her to Boaz. She said, I will go to any field and to anyone where I find favor. Favor isn't, oh, look at that good-looking woman. Look at that good-looking man. Favor is the heart of God brings you together. She said, I will go to any field. That random act, so-called random, was a Holy Spirit-led encounter when she met Boaz. In the midst, what could be fear, what we sang about today, in the midst of the struggle, can we put food on the table, led her to a Redeemer. You see the coincidence, not really coincidence? Do you see what God did? Because Boaz means kinsman redeemer. In the law, if someone dies, you redeem the family. It's not a coincidence. There are such things as coincidences and confirmation, but they're two different things. We talked about that last week. It was a confirmation in our life. In the midst of your chaos, and we're going to really talk about it next week, in the midst of your chaos, God will confirm not the answer. He'll confirm the heart as you continue to walk in this area. In the act of pursuing God's will with everything, you will see confirmations from God. I I just want to tell you this. God will confirm your heart. Stop looking for God to confirm the miracle. If he confirms your heart and you're walking, you're determined for that and you're focused, he will confirm your heart and continue to bless you in those areas so that you will continue to walk in the journey he's planned for you and you will come to the fullness of what God has called you to be and to do. The Bible says that Ruth, watch this, this this young lady was so determined and devoted, she gathered two weeks worth of wages. In other words, what fell to the ground, the five-second rule, she gathered enough for two weeks wages of the day. She worked hard. She was diligent and faithful. Notice this. The Bible says Boaz took notice. (laughs) Now, I get it. He probably took notice.
But watch how God works. He told his workers, he didn't go up to her and say, hey, my name's Boaz. What's going on? He told his workers, watch out for her and give her favor. Did you know that God favors you? Do you not see this whole journey with Ruth? And we're not even going to tell you the half of her story. of What God did for her and he will do for you. Ruth chapter 2, verse 10. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She was focused and she served. She asked, I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. And Twitter wasn't even out there. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under those wing, of whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Kinsman, redeemer. That's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's our victory. He is our redeemer. Ruth's devotion to Naomi caused the owner, Boaz, to pay attention to her. See, serving in the kingdom is on the top of the list. Did you know that David said 50 times of himself as a servant? Daniel in the Bible found favor in eyes of the king because he served. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Remember last week, it's not about ourselves. God will take care of us. But it's about our call is to serve others. Ruth found favor because she served. You want to know where favor comes? It comes because you have a servant's heart, even though you work hard and maybe work harder than anybody else because you're devoted to your call you, might, you must understand it's because you stay with a servant's heart. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in what you've done. But I've been doing this for years. Don't get weary. Because it's a ploy and a distraction of the enemy to steal the blessings and the favor of God from your life. Most people think serving is weak and powerless. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 11, but he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, in the spirit realm, you are not judged by what you have, but how big of a servant you are. You're not judged by what you accumulate in the spirit realm. You are judged by how much you serve. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. 
Now, you may not like your boss, staff, no. but you're not working for your boss. I know this is a cliche, but you're working for Jesus, biblically. You're working for the spirit realm, the kingdom of God. You may not like your coach. You may not like your teacher. But what you do, you're doing for Jesus. Because in Psalm 75, you all need to read this, Jesus is the one who promotes. If Ruth didn't have this mindset, she would not have noticed anything that we read or been noticed by Boaz. So serve in the field you're in. Well, I don't like it. Serve in the field you're in. God's trying to equip you in your field you're in. I want you to hear this. Man, this, this message here, I, when I wrote it, I just like, I didn't stop writing. It just, just flowed. God's trying to equip you in the field you're in, not the one you want to be in. Don't let your limited understanding of what an unlimited God can do in equipping you. For his unlimited blessing in serving will be all over you in spite of the tribulation you're facing. So Ruth had, watch this, an attitude of determination and a heart of devotion. So here's the third, and we'll close with this one. Ruth had a desire of redemption. Remember what we talked about. This is a picture in the Bible, an example of what God does in us and from what he does in us is in serving what we can do for others. She had a desire of redemption, not only for herself, but for Naomi and her family. And if you read on in the book of Ruth, you will see this magnificent hero, Shiro, named Ruth and what she accomplishes. Her life was changed as she was redeemed by Boaz. God planned this. It wasn't a coincidence. But it manifested because of her devotion and servanthood and a desire to redeem the family, a desire to redeem her world. What is your world, your job, your home, your friends, your neighborhood, where you shop. To have such a desire of people being redeemed because of your heart for them in your heart for the call that God's given you and your gifting and ability. See, the act of redemption requires two things. Requires a willing redeemer, and for us, his name is Jesus Christ and becoming a faithful servant. Jesus and becoming a servant. Ruth 3 says, 
Ruth had to step out and say, you can redeem me. She actually just said, she gave permission. And so in your journey, you must give permission for the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Oh, well, pastor, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants. And, you know, you hear that and you go, what kingdom of God do you serve in? God has given us an ability to choose. And we must choose. So Boaz had to be willing also. Didn't Jesus say, not my will, but your will be done? He went to the garden, hey, hey, Father, man, I know this plan, but I know you're God. Is there any other thing we can do? Let's do it. (laughs) Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, Ruth is literally walking in the example. In her journey as a shero, she showed us how to live this life in the midst of the tribulation of this world. In the family, there was another man that was the closest redeemer or older. And according to the law of that day, Boaz went to him and said, you are the main redeemer. And Boaz was second in line. And so what he did, he said, hey, uh, this woman here, blah, 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 blah. He said, yes, you're right, you know, whatever you want to do here. And he says, no, I don't, you go ahead. The guy said no, so Boaz was free to redeem Ruth and then was able to pursue her. Jesus pursued us. When Adam sinned, Jesus says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to redeem you, and I'm going to come back for you. And that's what Jesus was saying on Palm Sunday. He was walking in, humbling himself as a servant. He was riding in, and he was saying, I choose to be your redeemer. I humbled myself unto the Lord, the Father, and I choose, and he has chosen me to be your redeemer. Now what we do is we accept it. Redeem basically means, in the literal language, to change for the better. I want to tell you, what I'm telling you about is a lot better than you handling it yourself. Than you walking in your life and saying, well, I'm tired of this and the way it is, and I'm going to quit, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, without the leading of the Holy Spirit. What you do is you put years on accomplishing the little things that you want to accomplish. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This Gentile became one of the greatest heroes in the Bible. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit will change you. Some of you still are are living in condemnation 
of what you did in the past, and I want to tell you that Jesus took away your shame. There is victory in your life. Stop going back to your past and what you did or did not do. Begin to walk in this area. The Holy Spirit will change you, but we need to do it and live our lives and make decisions like Ruth did. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your soul. Honor God with your thinking. Honor God with your uh, business plans. Honor God with your, your home plans, your financial plans. Honor God in everything. Serve the Lord with everything. Jesus paid for our redemption so we could live eternally with him. The Holy Spirit was given. Why? For this life on earth, we can live a life of redemption. So that's what it is. We have been redeemed because Jesus Christ has the victory. Ruth was to be the great-grandmother of David in the lineage of Jesus, as we read. We are redeemed. But let's have the qualities that... Ruth had. Let's be determined. Let's, let's be a servant. Let's dive in the Word. This, this coming year, uh, this fall, when OSL and this summer OSL begins and all the different things that you can dive in the Word of God, when we offer books, when we offer things to read and, and Zoom calls so we can do journaling together and Bible studies. Dive into it. It's not just for you, it's but for you to accomplish your call to win others to Jesus Christ. I promise you that if every one of us will grab a hold of what I just taught and listen to it over and over and look at ourselves and begin to to renew our minds to the purposes of God, that we're going to see those miracles that some of us have given up on. I know, because I've pastored for over four decades, and I've watched it. I've watched people die early. I've watched people give up give up on their families, give up on their marriages, give up on their jobs and their businesses because tribulation was so hard because they didn't understand that when Jesus says, I have given you victory, I've also given you the ability to walk through the tribulation. And Ruth shows us this. What an amazing woman. What an amazing woman. So we serve God, we serve our family, we serve our spouse, we serve our church, we serve our boss, 
we serve our neighbors. That's the heart of Ruth, which is God's plan and God's ways, how you walk through tribulation. Hallelujah. I am so, I'm going to say it, stinking proud of you. I really am. I've watched you during COVID times, before COVID, after COVID. I've watched some of you just grab a hold of the truth, and it transforms your life. Walk in this victory and be like our sister, Ruth. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before I pray about this, I just want to give a little bit of instruction. You know, the, the Sunday evening service, which is just a powerful time of Bible studies for all ages, very important. But what the Holy Spirit showed us, me especially, is how sometimes we, which we will, we'll have all the different Bible studies, everything, we get so busy with everything, we don't have time for Sabbath. We don't have time to think through, you know, life. We don't have time for rest. We don't have time for a movie night with our kids. We don't do that. So this is the plan of how we every quarter, after every quarter, we have a month off on Sunday night. For you, if you don't have family around, invite your friends out. Go out Sunday after church or Sunday evening. Whatever your schedule is, just just avail yourself to rest and be with family and, and do special things. Grill out. You know, uh, that's what they say in the South. Doing a grill. Because if you barbecue, you're just doing, you know, barbecue. And and I just I want you to just recognize there are times that God wanted to bless you and your family and your friends and your body. And we got so busy with everything in life and we don't rest. Let me proclaim something over you in Jesus' name. I proclaim wisdom and insight. Lord, I, I proclaim a Ruth culture that would just move into this amazing lifestyle and journey that at the end of her life, we could even say, what a hero in this world that did greater things that you could ever dream of. And it was because that she turned around and made her soul listen to the ways of God. As we rest and enjoy life tonight, together with those that we love, Lord, I proclaim such a healing process in every area. As Pastor Dan says, disease, you have no place in this body of Christ. And we proclaim the powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit. Healing resides in this place. 
Restoration resides in our homes and our businesses. COVID, you demon-possessed thing, you have no hold on these people because we have a Ruth spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.